everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branvold, and of course, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. Jay, how you doing on this beautiful Thursday? It is a beautiful Thursday. I'm doing really well. Um, I'm really excited about this guest, and I don't get super excited about every guest because sometimes these platforms don't sell or solve a problem. Sometimes they do. And then like today, you get a platform where you're like, okay, I, I'll use this. This, this, this is, makes sense. This is different. Yeah, this yeah, makes I'm, sense. So this is a great so, conversation. Well, before, before we get to yeah, this yeah. week's conversation, um, just a quick shout out to Bruce at HypeBot and Bands in Town. Thank you for your continued support. And of course, to our sponsors. And, and let me mention once again, if you've got a product or a service that you're looking to put in front of our listeners, reach out to Jay or myself. We'll be happy to talk to yeah. you about the size of our audience and sponsorship packages we can put together for you. Yep. Um, but bandzoogle.com. Thank you guys. Built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it very easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and of course, amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So we got together with bandzoogle.com, put together a great little offer for all of our listeners out there. Head over to bandzoogle.com, register, Try it for free for 30 days. And then when you're registering, make sure you put this promo code in. And it's all one word. The promo code is MUSICBIZWEEKLY. And you will get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And, of course, thank you to DiscMakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. We got a great little offer here for you from folks at Disc Makers. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out in the promo code field, all one word, enter free biz, all one word, free biz in the promo code field. And you will save up to $150 in shipping costs. So, Jay, this week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, this is yeah, a fun you'll discussion. you want to stay to the end on this one. Yeah, it sure is. Today, we have a really cool uh, platform called CoWrite, and uh, we'll, we'll tell you all about it, but it, it is a really cool new platform. Yeah, they do. Um, 
they bring together services you might already be familiar with from separate websites, but they bring it all together, kind of crowdfunding, revenue share with Simplified. the fans, yeah. and distribution yep. all in one back end. And it seems just like drop dead obvious that this needs to be done. Yeah. So let it roll. We'll see you at the end. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Today, we're joined by Emil and Matthias from CoWrite, all the way from Stockholm, except not today. Uh, cheers, guys. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. cheers. And we are we're so excited to talk to you. Mike and I were talking before we hit record um, about just from looking at the website and just looking around at the capabilities and what you're building, it seems really exciting. And so before we get into that, though, I just wanted to quickly ask, like, what is your background? Where did you guys, what brought you here? Well, let me start. Uh, yeah, we have a, <laughs> we have a fairly long background, uh, all in all. We've been, we've been with uh, within the music industry for quite a while. Uh, but actually, me and Emil, we met up earlier than that. So we were working together for almost 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh, that was a very interesting period in our career, which was pretty much about 10 years ago, where we ended up in Universal Music, me being the commercial director for Sweden and Emil, the creative director. And that was in a time where the music industry radically shifted in Sweden and then following years, the rest of the world, going from like, you know, CD sales to, to streaming. Uh, yeah. and, uh, so that's basically, I would say that's the starting point for the whole co-write idea. We learned a lot and we, 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 we got some great experience on how to sort of, uh, sort of try to look, create new stuff within the chasing music industry. But then I would say the next big, thing hit us was we actually left the music industry for a while and spent some years uh, at the big media house in Sweden called MTG, uh, where we invested a lot in, in stuff like esports and gaming. And we saw within that field uh, that that industry uh, changed in quite a different way. Uh, we saw the, the stars of the gaming, which were the gamers and the hosts of the shows on Twitch, for instance. Uh, yeah. They managed to create new business models together with the fans. Yeah. which we haven't seen yet so far in the music industry. So that's, I would say that's the combination. The two trends of uh, more and more independent artists are, are growing uh, in the streaming environment, uh, needing more tools to sort of cut through the noise. And the other thing, trying to find new business models that gets closer to the fans and the people that actually love the music the most. So that's, the, I would say, the background. Please fill me in if you... No, that was... Usually when we do this, it's very convenient for me because I can just kind of lean back and Matthias covers both of us since we've worked <laughs> together for quite some time. So we share that. But yeah, so, um, no, but it's like you said, you know, you've been more on the business side and I've been more on the creative side, but we, uh, we yeah, so we complement each other. So, so, yeah, so you know, like Jay said, we were kind of taking a look at the top level of the website and what your offering is. And, and, I'll ask you to give us a, a, a deeper dive into it, but from a, a 10,000 foot level, it seems to me you're, you're combining like three different businesses into one, which is a, 
it, it feels like it's a logical fit. You're taking basically a crowdfunding idea, you're taking a online distributor, and you're taking the functionality of letting the fans sort of share in the profits. Is that is that yeah. kind of what you're doing, the three core areas? Very well put. Yeah, very well put. I would say the mantra of Corite is fan power. So what we're trying to introduce is a model uh, where instead of using it, uh, doing it in the sort of old fashioned way, which would be like the artist trying to get the record label deal, trying to get signed, and then the record label will uh, take care of the financing of the project and they take care of the promotion of the project and the artists continue to do the music. We, we're inviting the fans to the table. So Co-Write is about using the power of the audience. Uh, it's, and it's basically what you're saying, using the power of, of financing. So letting the fans get involved in the project having a chunk of the revenues when it starts to stream on services like Spotify and Apple, but then also get the fans active because it's a very important component to try to use these hardcore fans that's actually in, in investing in the music actively to try to help them with the promotion and the marketing. So we want to create like a new type of digital street team around the artists so the independent artists can get whatever, all these kind of things that you need as an artist, you can get from your audience using our platform rather than sort of doing it the traditional way. So what would a campaign look like? You know, when I went to your website, it, it talked about how you would create a campaign, you, it would get backed by fans and you could share in the success. And that, that all at a high level sounds good, but I haven't gone in and created a campaign and done that yet, although I intend to, what would create a campaign? What would that look like? So, uh, well, hopefully you would agree with us that it's fairly simple once you try it out, but uh, you basically, as an artist, you need to decide, uh, you know, how much money do I want to raise? You know, we, typically that's for a purpose. And the reason we take it from that angle is that that's a question that the art, you know, the artist knows the answer to. So that's why it's supposed to be easy. So you, you, you use sliders for that. Uh, so you, you decide how much you want to raise. And then as a consequence of that, you, you decide how much uh, you want to share or, or, or with your, uh, your fans, so to speak. Yeah. And, and then there's a kind of underlying valuation based on a, you, you basically uh, estimate the number of streams during a year because a campaign period or this revenue sharing period is limited to a year. So it's an in and out situation. And then, you know, every, fingers crossed, everybody kind of, you know, the targets is reached and, you know, uh, it, it, over the year and everybody walks away happy. But the campaign then is, uh, since we're a distribution service uh, at the core, uh, or you know, the plumbing of the service is a distribution service, many of the stuff that you would expect to put in if you want your music on Spotify and Apple Music and TikTok are what is in a campaign. So you know, you have the cover art and the you know who, who wrote it and blah blah blah. But then right. of course, then there's this Kickstarter element, which is where you describe your project. Uh, where you try to uh, you know send it to the to the audience why should somebody back you and and what is your creative vision here and and so on and and here we see a lot of creativity uh from the individual artists so some has a you know like a charity component some are super upfront with you know i need this to 
to, to, to pay my producer, or in some cases, it's more um, uh, uh, random stuff or whatever, you know, and, and people are trying to come up with storytelling that they hope uh, will engage uh, their fans, of course. So, but so, the components are, are fairly straightforward and simple, I would say. So just, just for some, some background clarification, on the distribution side, you're only a digital distributor, correct? No physical distribution? And, and, and you distribute digitally to all the platforms worldwide that, you know, if somebody's on CD Baby or TuneCore or DistroKid, it's, it's the same network that you can distribute to. Yeah. Yes. And, and okay, so then the sharing and the revenue, the fans will share in the digital revenue only. So you're not, you're not getting the fans a piece of merch sales. You're not publishing. giving the fans a piece of publishing. And as you said, it's only for a one year period that they get to yeah. share in that. And the artists can um, adjust how much they want that sharing to be. Is there, is there a range that it can fall? Does it have to be a minimum to a maximum is what, what are those limits? No, actually not. The, you can put, whatever kind of percentage that you want, but we will always uh, sort of try to teach the artist uh, in this valuation thing. So if you're like a very small artist, you, you can't raise too much money because it doesn't make sense. Then the streaming target will be too high, but it, literally speaking, you could set a fairly high streaming target that will end up in the service as you becoming like a wild card. So the fans will know that this artist has never streamed ever close to these numbers before, but maybe I want to support it anyway. So that's that's definitely an option, but we're trying to tell the artist to put some kind of realistic targets, looking back at history. So, so what was the last big hit you had on Spotify and try to sort of adjust the, the fundraising around where you are currently in your career rather than the opposite. So, but still that's been said, we have small artists that just sort of go to friends and family to raise some small amount of money, but also more established artists that would obviously raise much more. So, and I mean, sorry, I mean, one of the reasons or we're doing it like we're doing it is that the quality of data is just totally different when you, when you have streaming and you, you are distributing the music, we have daily trends data coming in that we can share with the fans and the artists. You know, if you're just a distributor, it would be the, the artists that would see this data, of course. But on our service, this is for everyone to see. So we can kind of celebrate the wins immediately, right? So right. That, that is not the case with other uh, revenue streams relating to music. You know, they right. can really random you know like once a year something just happens because of a scene deal or whatever so 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 uh these yeah things, uh, so they, is there a dashboard that your artist yeah. what kind of things if i'm an artist and i'm releasing I, I i love like on the platform you know the it's so easy to share it you know with that quick little share button to all your socials and all of that but as i'm doing a campaign what kind of things can i see on my dashboard yeah, so so it's it's fairly simple. So it's basically a normal. Uh, if you have been working with like the Spotify for artists kind of thing, imagine that, but it's in a sim simpler format. Uh, and the, the cool thing with the co-write dashboard is that not only the artists see those figures, but also the backers. So mm. as the backer, you will be able to follow your investments basically based on the daily trend data, which is 
So we were combining the trend data from the bigger services. And then, as you said, all of the rest we put together is like other. So we have like the Spotify and the Apple and the Amazon and some else. Sort of TikTok, TikTok and YouTube, you know, yeah, you know, the, the usual suspects. Uh, and then more importantly, I would say, because not all fans will probably get in every single day checking the streaming data, but we also celebrate victories. So every time you, let's say you reach your first 100,000 streams, every backer will get the mail say, hey, let's celebrate the first 100,000, share it even more. And then now we're going for the million. So these are the things we're trying to make it more like, it should feel fun investing in music. It's not like we're... We try to tell people that they should invest with heart rather than wallet because you doesn't supposed to buy your next swimming pool based on a co-write investment. It's more like for the fun of it, I would say. Does gotcha. the does the artist um, own the fan data of who's pledged and and funded them? Meaning, you know, if I've got five hundred fans that have pledged money, will the artist be able to get the name? the email address email and, yeah. and 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 more importantly is that something that they can export from the dashboard so they can put it into an email list management system and stuff like that or does that data stay proprietary to you so uh this is more of a product rollout thing we will definitely uh build uh that component out but, but as you may uh, as you may think about right now when you ask the question is that of course that there are some privacy issues there you need yep. to make sure that everybody gets to you know choose and so on uh, at this point in, yeah yeah, uh, yeah. But, but i mean we of course we exist to 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 be as much outside of the relationship between the artist and the fan as we possibly can. You know, that's you know that's our goal, of course. You know, uh, because if, if we if we don't provide any value, that which we yeah we should be there. So so that's definitely what we're building up, and we're going to do that in so many ways in the coming year. Not only communication, but basically gamifying that relationship, and again celebrating the victories in a more hopefully uh, more engaging and more fun way and helping the artists to uh, create those conversations or storytelling or, uh, you know, wins together with their fans, you know, because that's, one is of course a lack of resources sometimes, you know, an artist may want more money or whatever, but, but also they need, uh, they need help with coming up with, you know, nice ideas in order to, to, to get things going. And that's where we believe we can provide blueprints and, and tech to 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 yeah. support the, uh, that that engagement. So let, let let's 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 dig into the like. I kind of figure this is the key component, the fundraising component of the whole thing here. Yeah. Um, how does that work? Does an artist sit down and say, "Okay, I need to raise five thousand dollars," and are they given? a window that it has to be raised in, they say, okay, I'm gonna work and I need this in the next eight weeks. Um, if they don't raise that money, what happens? If they, if they only raise 2,500 instead of 5,000, what happens to that campaign? So, uh, yeah, I can continue. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, typically, uh, 
well, the artists that we know so far, they are happy with what they can raise. And you could argue from a fan perspective that, no, I don't want to back this particular artist or this particular song if you don't reach your target, because then may, you may not be able to realize you know, what you were supposed to do. Let's say you need it for a music video, it costs X. If you don't get that money, then... Will you be able to produce that video, you know, which was the fundraising? But uh, what happens is that uh, the, the, it, it just um, closes on the level that people, uh, 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 you know, on the, how to say? It's an open-ended model. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you raise what you, you, in your example, you will get what you raise and okay. it, will, uh, it will work. So that's, but in, in the crowdfunding space, I think there, there are two basic models. One is you need to get everything, uh, otherwise the campaign is closed, or you can get as much as you you get basically and the reason for us choosing this is that uh, in the case of music we're not paying out any money to anybody uh, before we have the master and the cover art and everything that's needed to be distributed uh, because then that's basically what we can offer as security for the for the backers basically before we send it out to the stores Makes so but sense. if we have the master and we have the cover art uh, we basically are satisfied with whatever kind of race there is but the yeah. artist could, uh, at any point in the campaign, close the campaign down, and then everything will get refunded towards the backer. So if the artists believe that, okay. yeah, I only reached twenty five percent, and I can't afford this music video, they can choose not to sort of. Well, so so it sounds like from what you're saying, though, you have you can't you shouldn't really use this to raise money to go in the studio to record an album. Because you've oh. got to have that album recorded in order to get the funds released to you. Yeah, exactly. We we the, the reason for this is you know we, we try to you know take care of all parties here you know and, and it's important that the fans know that that what they are you know what the asset that they are you know which is the underlying asset here which is the the song which is supposed to generate the streams which generates the royalty is there you know otherwise uh, uh yeah it wouldn't but, work but, but to your point as well i think we saw a big shift a fairly long time ago in the music production space where normally you have pretty much done the the music before you even go to a record label talking to the label or yeah. uh, or distributor sure. and, and we're targeting the more the independent artists here and they normally do yeah. the work on their own or they work with a yeah. producer yeah. that are ready to work for them on speculation until you you have a deal or not basically so yeah, normally the productions are pretty close to finished and we we allow people to put up like a half done mix uh, and that could be done during the period of time but uh, but uh, to your point the artists normally they need to risk the production and then they can yeah. use the money sure no, that's, that's fair yeah. that's fair enough yeah. so so the 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 final question following on that trail and then you can you can jump in jay is you've raised the money You've delivered the master, the money's been released to you, and the fans are going to share in some of the revenue or should share in the revenue. What happens if that generates no revenue? <laughs> well, that's as, as you hope, you've been in the music business for a while. There's, uh, there's rule of thumb. I think in the label, at least when we calculated on US music 10 years ago, there was like 25 projects, one profit. So it's like uh, that's the both the charm and the sort of curse of music investment you never know if it's a hit or not so uh, but normally it doesn't get zero 
uh, revenues. But and we actually saw during the two years of piloting this service that we've done that uh, there's I don't have ever think we had any complaint from a backer not getting sort of the profits that they expected or the revenues or whatever. So they pretty much satisfied with whatever comes back. So, but of course, I would say it's less than 50% of the cases are actually profitable in this space, which is, I don't think co-write ever will be better than any label in that sense, picking hit songs because uh, we're basically open for everyone. So, uh, so, but so, money will come back, even though it's pretty much, it, it can, it's normally not everything. So, but the model is kind of generous towards the backer in that perspective, because we pay back the backers first, before the artist, if you if you raise like five hundred dollars in the service, the first five hundred dollars from Spotify and Apple would go straight to pay back the backers. So, are the backers clearly informed that this is an investment? It's not a guaranteed return. So you you I mean, just like a buying a stock, it's not guaranteed that stock is going to go up. It's not a guarantee that that company is even going to be in business. The band could raise the money, the band could release the album you've invested, and a month later the band breaks up and your investment will never get recouped. So it, that's clearly communicated to yeah. the backers and they have, you're not allowing the backers any recourse saying, oh, I want my money back if you guys didn't raise it, you broke up, whatever. So. No. Yeah. So, but it's even it's even tougher for the backers, I would say, because we also require activity to be able to make any kind of profit on our service. The backer needs to be active in the marketing and the promotion of the song. Otherwise, it's possible to get your money back, but we will not give anybody any kind of profit if they're not sort of actively working to help your. Ah. So, so that that that's interesting. So, in addition to backing, part of the requirement of that backer is they've got to do some marketing and promotion. How do you? How do you, How do you monitor and police that to make sure, do they have, do the backers have a dashboard that they go in and say, click, share this to Facebook and you're able to see? Exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, as you know, I mean, there's multiple ways to track user behavior and so on. So it's both sure. implicit and explicit or tracked and and uh, stated and all that stuff, you know, so we, uh, we are, uh, uh, do that in different ways but again coming back to I, I touched upon what what our vision is for the future and I said that we want to you know deepen the relationship and all that stuff you can also think of those engagements as additional ways to 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 not only so, so to say get that action done but also measure it or getting proof points and so on and so forth because people want to uh, provide meaningful uh, contributions. Uh, 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 so therefore, we can, you know, uh, have more and more data uh, to understand whether they are active or not. And it's also, it's not only sort of a bad thing, uh, quite the opposite, because in the next version of Co right now, when we start to get into the blockchain space, uh, introducing a couple of really nice tokens, one being something we call fan power, it's basically something you will get every time you do something which is possible for the promote uh, positive for the promotion and the marketing of the song so the backer we will try to consider this more like a game going forward where the we, we actively engage the backers to do stuff and for the the doing they will get fan power and for the fan power they could get additional 
sort of uh, experiences that could get like NFTs and, and stuff around, which is related to being part of the family around the project. So right. it's, we were trying to sort of do the activity is supposed to be fun rather than a, sort of a something you need to do. But but still, it's important for us to have active investors. Gotcha. Let me ask you about upstreaming. So let's say that, you know, Mike and I have a duo. We put our, our music uh, on co-write. Everything's going well. All of a sudden, you know, Republic comes calling and says, we love this. We, we want to release this and we want to upstream this to like a, a major. How, how does that process work? Can we leave the platform at any time? Are we bound to that one year? How does that work? So typically you're bound to that one year. And, but if you want to leave early, because we of course foresaw what you just you know, mentioned, uh, so we just have this, you need to double double up. So let's say you have actually, your song has actually generated revenue way above your target. To, if you want to leave before the end of that one year period, you would have to make pay double, so to speak. So you can say to Republic, you know, I've, I've earned this much in order to be released, I, I, I just double up. If it hasn't reached its target, you would have to fill it until, you know, so the backer is recouped and then double up. So, so in both cases, we just had this idea that let's start make it simple. Let's make it simple so we don't have to debate with anybody. The artist can get off. It's a very short, you know, in, this, in the music industry, a one-year contract, if you like. It's not a long contract. And, and it's plain to see in our terms of use for everybody, this is how it's going to play out if you, if you want to leave prematurely. Uh, so, uh, and of course, we do that to protect the backer, you know, because otherwise, if it takes off and then you just go elsewhere with your profit, obviously, right. that would be, wouldn't be fair to anybody who backed you in the beginning uh, yeah. and, and contributed to your, uh, you know, marketing and all that stuff. Yeah. How does, uh, how does co-write make money out of all this? Good question. So, uh, we have the, the volume-based uh, business model is a small percentage. So we charge 5% for all money raised. And we also charge 5% for the, for the, from the streaming revenues coming in from, from the streaming platforms. But what we discovered early on in the process was that for particularly for smaller artists, uh, let's say they raise like $1,000, uh, then they normally succeed with that if they are like active and, and enthusiastic. But then the next question comes, okay, I raised $1,000, what should I do with it? I need to use it wisely. So we created a couple of packages of artist services that we offer so we can help the artists doing a professional release, basically, pitching it properly to the streaming platforms, finding some relevant PR companies to, to work with or whatever that, that matters. So we, we're offering artist services. So I would say today, uh, at least 50% of our revenues come from that, which is important for us for the smaller artists because having 5% of a Hundred thousand streamers is not it's not a smart business model, uh, so that's 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 how we treat it today. Uh, and uh, going forward, now we're entering blockchain world and Web three. Uh, we also open up for NFT sales and other additional products on top of things in our platform. So that's where we're at. And have, also, have, yeah, I was going to say, have you have you thought about physical merchandise, bringing that into the picture as well? I mean, as simple as selling t-shirts you know let let the you know the whole model of let the fans fund the t-shirts and let them share in the profits of t-shirt sales because as we all know 
physical goods are where you kind of make your money in the music industry these days, whether it's vinyl, CDs, or merch. So it just seems like that would be a logical next step. Yeah. I mean, since we're uh, technically a startup, uh, we, of course, we, 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 we focus on how do we make sure that this scale, you know, and, and you can scale a merch uh, business for sure. I mean, there are new ways to do that every <laughs> every day coming up for sure. And, you you know, but uh, we're a global platform and we need to be able to, to give these uh, services to, to all of our users, we believe. So that kind of holds us back a bit in terms of these physical, uh, you know, uh, physical yeah. distribution models and so on. Yeah, because there's that pick, pack and ship in the different territories. I guess if you would have to partner with, uh, you know, another company that has, um, you know, offices or shipping um, uh, capabilities in these various territories and things. So it's local currency, local shipping, local everything, because if you were trying to do that all centralized, I can see how that could get kind of crazy. But on the on the digital side all of those digital products, right? You, you mentioned like web 3.0 kind of virtual goods, you know, whether that's the NFTs or tokens or whatever you're, you're talking about. Um, but there's so many other types of digital assets, right? That yeah, you could yeah, yeah. get into. So I would imagine that's in your roadmap too, no? Yeah, it is. So basically I just give you one example, which I think is really cool. We, we are entering, we're building the next version of CoWrite based on blockchain. So that's uh, that's something that will happen during uh, during the spring. Uh, but we did like a trial project uh, during late fall with an American up and coming artist named Emery Kelly, uh, where we actually did our first digital merchandise NFT. And uh, the whole thing was a storytelling thing around releasing his new music. He had this vision of, he called the, the whole concept is called like some, which is some of my emotions. And then we, based on that sort of brand, we created emotion sunglasses in 3D. 3D animated digital crazy looking sunglasses where we created like an NFT series. Uh, then we launched it on the big screen on Times Square, New York. And this fairly small artist managed to uh, sell NFTs for more than like $200,000 within a couple of weeks. And then this fund is now used to sort of uh, help him distribute and market the upcoming Sum album. So it's a totally new way of selling like digital merchandise to the fan uh, crowd out there to make sure that you can, in a, in a new way, finance your product, which is not the traditional co-write campaign. So these are things that we're exploring. And I think it's uh, you will see a lot of things happening in the NFT space the last, next couple of years. But, and we're trying to sort of trying to follow that and try to sort of become like a, yeah, become a yeah. platform that could help the artist uh, explore these fields. Okay, so, so Matthias, where can people learn more about CoWrite? Where, where can they kind of dig in and see what you're up to and, and learn more about the platform? Well, of course, the first thing you should do is go to co-write.com and just sign up. It's for free. And then you can, as a backer, you can find great music that you can back. Or as an artist, you can upload great music that somebody will back. So that's, uh, that's the first step, I would say. And uh, it should be kind of self-exploratory if you go there. If you're interested about our blockchain project, you should go to the site called co-write.org. 
uh, where you can read everything about uh, the, the product we're, we're in the making. So uh, I would say though, and then of course you should follow us on every social channel out there. Yeah, and there's, we're basically on all of them. So, you know, just pick your, Pick your favorite service with your so Telegram and Discord and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, what have you. Uh, you should be able to find a connection point there. So please. awesome. Gentlemen, thank I, I you so actually, much for your time, man. Go ahead. Please. I will actually, I will also tell, we will tell all people out there listening to this podcast because this was a, be, a really good explanation of what we're actually doing. We don't use, usually do this so often, talk about the entire concept from more perspectives. So I think as an artist or a backer, you should listen to this one because then you know pretty much what we're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I we mean, appreciate again, it. again, as Jay and I said at the beginning, we were looking at the website and it's just like, boy, this just seems extremely interesting. It's not just a distributor. Yeah. It's not just crowdfunding. It's not just some way to share revenue with fans. You're bringing it together in honestly, what seems like such a logical way. Thank you. We, yeah. we think so too. And we just well, we'll be started. following closely and please keep us posted uh, to your success. And we'd love to have you on again and, and see how things are going. We really appreciate it, gentlemen. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Jay, I, I was excited. I'm excited about CoWrite. I mean, I really yeah. am. It, what the features they offer aren't necessarily new and groundbreaking, but what's what hit me as sort of new and groundbreaking is they brought these usually separate businesses together to complement and support each other, which it makes really good sense you got your fans to raise some money you let instead of the traditional crowdfunding of okay i gotta print up t-shirts and i gotta print up cds and i gotta ship them out and i gotta just let them share in the revenue it's an investment let the fans yeah. invest and then it's a distribution tied right into it so obviously they are able to we I didn't think to ask this. I'm assuming they manage all the accounting and the reporting of, okay, here's how much streaming revenue came in because they're the distributor. And right. they're like, okay, this is how much is getting paid out. We're paying this out to your supporters. Yeah. I think it's one of those rare platforms that you and I look at that actually solve a problem. And as you and I were talking earlier, sometimes it's not about being just the most innovative out there. It's solving problems for people, maybe combining some services to make them simple and the one-stop shopping where everything is in one place. I love that they're thinking of web 3.0. Not a lot of people are there yet with tokens and NFTs and those types of things, but those are digital assets. And to your point about this transparency, you have this dashboard and you can kind of see how things are going. And as an investor, you can kind of see how things are going. And I think the behavior of fans is evolving this way. If you look at the BTS army and the way that they support each other and they finance things for each other and they support the band, I think this is really, could be, you know, the future of some of these things. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I've always believed at the core that fans want to support their bands. And for the most part, that's always been done through buying product. And that, that's a great way to do it. 
or a concert but you never, ticket, you, right? But, yeah. but you never know how much of that money all ultimately makes its way back to the artist and who's got their fingers in all of it. And, and here's a way for them to truly invest. Yeah. Kind of own a piece of the band for one year and they could share in your successes. Yeah. And how cool would that be? I mean, I'm sitting here going, man, I'd love, I'd love to own a piece of cheap trick for one year and share in the success of an, of an album. That's just as a fan, that's a cool bragging, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you could go in there and even work a and R so to speak and uh, put your bets on the things that you think are going to take off and actually make money like on a stock, but there's so much more to it than that. I just love the fact that it's all together, one place. It's simplified. You just drag a little slider on how much you want to raise and how much you're willing to share. And then your fans and investors, they need to share the news. Otherwise, they don't benefit on the other side. And I yeah, think that's that, well, important that, that's, too. A, that's an interesting part of this as well that he brought up is like, for, that, for the, your backers to get their money, we have to see that they're actually doing some marketing and promotion and i'm like that's awesome that's good that's that's sort of gamifying yes whole thing you want you want your investment to pay off you got to do some sharing to social media or whatever it might be or click the play button i don't know what it is right but then you'll know who those super fans are right like if if i'm sharing more than anybody else from that artist now the artist knows that Yep. And maybe there's, we always talk about recognition and access. Maybe this is a way that you can reach out to your super fans and say, Hey, you're promoting this better than anybody else. I'm going to give you this. I'm, there's just so many uh, tentacles to this thing. Yeah. I, 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 I seriously need to, to think of some potential clients that aren't tied to even an indie label are doing this distribution on their own, whether it's through TuneCore, CD Baby, or whoever those are out there, and say, you know what, let's try this route. Yeah, I want to do a test. Especially because, you know, I kind of like the fact is like, you you got to, don't use this to raise money to record your album. No, it's, but today recording doesn't cost what it did 10 years ago. You and I were talking about these expensive old studios Today, you can record something inexpensively with your laptop. You don't have to, but there, there's software available and people are very savvy on how to record yep. inexpensively. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. This was, as I was researching it this morning before we hit yeah. record, I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm excited to see what this is really about. Is it what I thought it was? And, and to the most part, yeah, exactly what I saw on the website is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Good stuff. yeah, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna follow these guys and, and, yeah. and see where, where co-write goes. And, you know, if we're able to use it for any of our clients, we'll report back and let you know what we think of it. Yeah. Um, before we wrap, just a quick shout out. Thank you to Bruce and Hypebot, bands in town. And of course, to our sponsors, bandzoogle.com and discmakers.com. We appreciate everything you do to support us. And if you've sure got a, product or service that you want to get in front of our listeners reach out to jay or myself and we will be more than happy to talk to you about some sponsorship opportunities uh if you're on youtube please hit the subscribe button we're not leaving spotify people we're, we're staying okay 
no no nobody's threatened to pull their music unless they get rid of the music biz weekly podcast so we're staying right. we're on spotify please hit that follow button it means a lot wherever to you us. go yeah and yeah. um you know what spotify now has ratings you can rate a podcast on spotify it would mean a lot to us on Spotify. Give yeah. us, give us, I think it's a four-star rating is the highest. Give us a four-star rating if you've ever found us useful. There we go. What's going on? Internet is crappy today. Absolute freezing crap. Freezing yeah. up just a little bit, but I could freezing hear you. Up. It's like, and I'm on a direct Ethernet connection. I mean, it's... Goes yeah. to the machine, man. You know, I, I I should sit here and not complain too much because, like you, I remember the days of the the fourteen four baud dial up modem where, you know, I wanted. To I can download, still hear that noise. I, you hear yeah. the noise, and I wanted to download a JPEG picture, and it took eight hours for one JPEG image to download. God damn it, my Those mom. Those were the days. Up, mom picked up the phone in the middle of the download and <laughs> broke the whole connection. I remember those days. God. That's so funny. And here we are bitching oh about, about high speed bandwidth freezing for two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard a guy complaining about, you know, his, the internet on a plane one time and I'm like, you're, you're on an airplane. I know you're on an airplane, 30,000 feet and surfing the web. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, please. I I first, world first world problems. First yeah, world yeah. problems we've got here, but anyway, please, please. Right. Um, Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It means a lot to us. And that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We will see you next week.